As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, it's episode 328, and today we got a couple of uh, slightly animal surprise movies for you. From 1988. Yeah, from both from 1988, which is a great... coincidence. That's a great year, I think, for a lot of movies. Maybe not these, (laughs) (laughs) but I guess we'll find out, huh? (laughs) But yeah, we got two movies for you today involving animals. One of them is called... Killing Birds, well, Zombie 5 Killing Birds, the good old Italians, of course, naming their films uh, after subsequent sequels because it sells better. And they were right. They knew what they were doing. But yeah, we got Zombie 5 Killing Birds from 1988, which is on Tubi. And we have Primal Rage from 1988, which is on Shudder. That's right. Two Italian films, one with birds and one with a baboon both made in america oh i heard it's on fire over there yeah well (laughs) we're talking about florida and louisiana these are the two oh socially i see what you're saying okay yes things are laws and socially okay i got you I'm picking up what you're putting down now. Yeah. I thought you were talking about animals or like an actual fire in the fucking area. Anyway, they're Italian made movies made in America and they're loosely based about animals, but not really. I don't know. These are some interesting choices that we picked here. Uh, Primal Rage just actually dropped on Shutter not too long ago. So mm-hmm. I think Killing Birds has been out from Vinegar Syndrome. I had picked that up a couple of years ago. And I just never got a chance to watch it because we were going through all the like zombie movies. Uh-huh. And I just never got to do that one until it came out. I know. Didn't we just watch Zombie 3 for Halloween or something? I don't remember. No. I thought we did. No, that was when Nick gave me that poster, by the way. Oh, okay. So that was like long before you were there, right? I don't know. I think Nick came over after we did the episode <laughs> and uh, did the uh, Piranha with me. Mm-hmm. Piranha 1 and 2. So that was a long while ago. I think Patrick was still on the show or somebody was. I think Patrick is filling in for a little while. I don't know. But yeah, it's you know we I don't think you've ever seen Zombie 3. Um if you did, then I'd be surprised cuz there's a lot that I've I had to say about that movie. 
because I kind of like it and it's not really great. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of the zombie films were, you know, weren't too great until I rewatched them a few times. And uh, we'll see if that has that same charm for this one. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But by the way, I want to let you guys know, you guys remember that movie Becky where the little girl was like trying to save her dad and her stepmother from a bunch of Nazis or whatever. They basically made a sequel for that movie. And I'm going to tell you about it here. One of our sponsors. Two years after escaping an attack on her family, Becky is attempting to rebuild her life. But when her home is broken into by a group called the Noblemen and they take her beloved dog Diego, she returns to her old ways to protect herself. Literally a bloody good time, says Austin Chronicle. The Wrath of Becky starring Lulu Wilson and Sean William Scott is only in theaters May 26. And if it's anything like they had last time, guys, let me tell you, it's a fucking bloody good time, man. So... I'm going to be getting a copy to review here shortly, so keep a lookout on YouTube for that review, but uh, check it out in theaters as soon as you can. What have you been up to? What's going on with you and your life, Christina? Well, like I said last week, I, I had to go to jury duty. Well, I ended up getting selected for a trial, mm -hmm. so I am in the middle of a jury trial right now, which I can't talk about. And how many jurors are there? 12. Yeah, because it's 12 angry men, right? And there was... So there's 11 angry men. Yeah, so... I don't know. Um, <laughs> and one angry there woman. Was, it's a sequel. Sorry. There was 200 of us, and I never get picked for anything, and I'm just waiting around, waiting for them to call my number, and then they just weren't calling my number, and then it was like... Three o'clock in the afternoon rolled around and it didn't fucking call my number to leave yet. Yeah, they made her go in at like seven thirty in the morning and she was like dreading it. Yeah, because you got to drive all the way to downtown and you know I'm working from home, so it's like I don't, I don't even do like traffic like rush hour anymore. Do like, yourself a favor, bring a coloring book or something. I to did do. actually. Well, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. Yeah, you did that. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that's why I'm telling it was you. Great. Yeah. But then, yeah, they didn't even, so then I had to go back on Tuesday, and that's when I got selected, so it was like a two-day process to even pick a jur jury, and then now it's like a two-week trial. So, but next episode should be over, and I will definitely talk about the case. <laughs> well, you, uh, are you, like, strict, like, uh, pretty strict about what you can or cannot say, right? Yeah. Well, no, not, not when the case is over. Oh. Oh, It's okay. when the case is going on. Gotcha. Like, you okay. can't say anything when the case is going on, because... You can't look it up. You can't do any of that. Mm -hmm. But when the case is over, the case is over. I because everything is public record after that, you know. Right. Okay. So I can say whatever the fuck I want to after that, and you bet your ass I'm going to because it's oh. really interesting. Uh, well, she hasn't told me yet, so we're waiting here. And uh. everybody, everyone kept telling me like, "Oh, you're gonna be so bored. It's so boring." And it no, like I am like I I am having surreal moments. Yeah. I feel like I'm on an episode of Law and Order. And yeah, shit. she's like Nancy I'm Drew like, or some oh shit. Oh my god, I was just like trying to solve the mystery. I'm like in awe, like of the process. It, it's wow. Well, it's a supreme. It's a, it's <laughs> a supreme court case too. Okay, yeah, so. yeah. It, well, state Arizona. Yeah, it, it's for the county. It's yeah. a county supreme court case, so. Right. Yeah, it's like on the, the top building because it's like a top oh. story building, so it's like, on the top. You top. have a juror's office. And they yep. give you hors d'oeuvres and shit. Yep. <laughs> yep. Do they really? It, yeah, it, they have the the juror's office. 
It has their own bathrooms. Uh. And then we get, you know, beverages and they got snacks. I don't think you're going to have as positive an experience about it because I guarantee you there's going to be someone on the fence about something and then you're going to have to convince them. And then it's going to be a hung jury and then you're going to be like, I swear to God, I well, only wanted to. Don't jinx me. Okay, well. I'm I mean, so... we'll see. I mean, so I said 11 angry men and one angry woman. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited to be there. I it is an interesting process and to see the like legal system like and this work like how it works. Yeah, and so any of the newscasting companies around here in Arizona, if you're looking for an interview or anything like that, we'll do it cheap. <laughs> no big deal. Christine will be one of the jurors. Uh, yeah, just let us know. You know, when it's, it's over. You know, it's funny, though, is at the same. OK, so th- there was this case. And at the same time, they were, I think the Carrie Lake one, they mm. were I, I think that's a jury case, too, because they were picking juries. Oh, that would have been fun. Oh, my God. I wouldn't have gotten picked. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, how, they would have been like, yeah, vocal? you're biased as shit. Yeah, I'm biased as shit. I would have got picked for that one. But that would have been <laughs> cool. That would be cool to be on that jury. Yeah, but right. If you if you guys didn't know, like Carrie Lake's the. um. She ran for governor here, and she she's, um, she's suing for election fraud, right? Because she has she says she has all this evidence that she doesn't have any evidence. Yeah, Nobody has any evidence shit. whatsoever. I'm sorry, guys. Like if we did, I would be okay with it. I really don't mind. Oh yeah. I, I, if you could prove it, yeah, like, please do. You're like, proving we it need to make sure that shit like that doesn't happen. If, if you could prove it in a court of law, go for it. And you know what? It's her right to do that. And it's also her right to word. look like an idiot when her proof is bullshit. She, so. It's just her specifically that I don't trust at all because she was like, dude, she used to like do the television. She was on Fox 10 News. She, she was Phoenix on the news here for like years, like years. decades. One like of the bigger, decades. bigger anchors for the nighttime news. And just all of a sudden she quit and then she. Yeah. Yeah. She quit and like, yeah, got into politics. Yeah. So. Anyway, okay, so just tune in next week, and I'll give you all the tea. Well, if 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 you're out, if you're out. But I you, think we will be. Okay, cool. I don't know if I want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's just make it the whole episode. We could be a true, we could be a true crime podcast for that episode. I don't know if I can make jokes, depending oh, on what actually, it is. Oh, actually, you're yeah. right. I'm sorry. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. No, oh, God, now I feel uh, Now you gross. got me curious. Okay, Stop. Mind. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're killing me with this shit, dude. We don't keep secrets in each other's houses like this. <laughs> Fuck you, county. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so I guess that's what's going on. <laughs> I just put up a new uh, review of Malum on uh, the YouTube channel. Oh, that <laughs> last shift. Uh, yeah, movie? Josh got really mad at me about that. Uh-oh. I don't know why. Why are you guys? Why are you girls fighting? I don't know why he's so angry. He's just this angry man, angry white man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm talking about Josh Edner for the Bloody Good Film Podcast. Uh, I always like to tease him a little bit. I think I teased him a little too hard. But he was pretty passionate about this Malum movie. He was, I don't know, I didn't see it the same way he did. And I feel like this world is just being so divisive now that my friends can't, they're turning into old, angry white dudes that uh, yell about everything. Get, get off my lawn kind of shit. <laughs> I want to bring it back to when movies were good again. <laughs> Anyway, the world's leaving you behind, Josh. The world's leaving you behind. (laughs) And we love you, but uh, goodbye. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so yeah, uh, what else do we got? We got some other movies that are coming up. It's been a really weird, slow year. I've been watching some of the movies on the side just like as we go. 
Uh, man. Oh, we got to, we had our nephew over for his birthday. Yeah, my, one of my nephews turned 17 and he really, he really wanted to watch Evil Dead Rise. He loves Evil Dead. That's he like his favorite it. thing. And, that's, and how old is he now? 15? 17. Oh, he's 17? He's 17. One more oh year. Oh my God. I gave him, I gave him the, uh, you should spend the time that you have now not being social and doing the things that you love before it's too late speech. Uh, because I didn't want him to go down the same road. <laughs> and then he spent all night texting a girl. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he was I'm doing. But we watched uh, we watched Evil Dead Rise, which he loved. He said it was one of the goriest in the franchise. Mm-hmm. He's like, obviously, the first two are just the best because, you know, that's just the way it is. He's mm-hmm. like, two is my favorite. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. He's like, Army of Darkness. It's like, I don't want to hate it because I, I think it's hilarious. But he's it's like, so different. it's just so different. And so it's more of a comedy than it is even horror almost. Right. And uh, he's like, but I still li- like it because there's a lot of really great uh, sayings and stuff in it, like one liners yeah. and stuff. Oh, totally. That's actually one of the ones that a lot of people used in there, too. This is my boomstick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like now, you know, in a way, like if you think about Army of Darkness, by the way, it's kind of in the in the class of like Black Knight with uh, Martin Lawrence and uh, the the one with Danny McBride where he goes back in time. These are all go oh, back yeah, in times yeah. like, you know, there was the one with La- Martin Lawrence mm-hmm. and called Black Knight. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. And it was like I a comedy. Okay. And then there was the other one, uh, the, the, the one where he was a pothead. And he goes back in time and he becomes king or something like that. Oh. Sir smokes a lot or some oh, stupid man. shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can't think of what it was called. Your Highness. That's what it was. Oh. And it has Danny McBride and your, James Franco in it. Your title's a lot better. Which is funny because uh, he said he loved Evil Dead Rise. And then I tried to get him to watch Poltergeist and he was like, no. I don't. But he can't. He can only take so much of like horror movies because he gets scared well so. i yeah well that's and the he thing has nightmares like, yeah i understand but that's the thing is like i was like poltergeist is one of the easier you just watched evil dead rise you're gonna be fine <laughs> like i promise you you're gonna be fine <laughs> i was like evil dead rise is, is, is so much worse than poltergeist although when i was a kid the tree he, he said he's afraid of the trees yeah in evil dead yeah and he did say he was afraid of clowns and Poltergeist has both of those things. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, we he, did talk about the show. He watched the whole show, too. Yeah, like, he did. He was really into he it. He was way into it. So I'm so proud. I'm so... Yeah. I, yeah, he's not even of blood, but he's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> the the nephews, they really do love horror movies. Yeah. And I love that about them. Yeah, because my other nephew turned 16, and he wanted to watch Scream. That's right. Which I thought was... Well, was I remember horror. showing them movies when they were 13. Yeah, exactly. And we were like, I think one of the first ones we sat down and watched was the remake of Poltergeist. Right. And it has always sat wrong with me (laughs) that they did not want to watch the original first. And that's because they're kids and they want to see the newer, their generation. And that's why they need to fucking watch it! (laughs) They will. You just got to give it time. I'm going to make them. I said, next time you're here, we're watching that shit. Yeah. Well, he liked the thing, like, a lot. He's he seen liked... Evil Dead 2013. Come on. Yeah. That is way scarier That's than way Polter, scary. Poltergeist, yeah. dude. He just didn't want to see it. I know. He just doesn't, I'm going to force care. him. I don't care. 
It's probably because that remake was so bad. He's like, now he's like not even interested. <laughs> I don't know. Poltergeist is just one of those movies that I absolutely adore. And I know some people don't like it, but it is a classic film. And it is so easy to watch when you put it on. It's so entertaining and so well made. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's always going to stick with me. It's one of the more physical versions of, of horror, which I absolutely love too. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, yeah, we had an eventful week this week. So um, we're just sharing it with you now. I'm sorry I went a little long. <laughs> but That's I think okay. it might be that time. What time is it? Horror shots! All right, guys. So now we are going to be doing a shot based on one of the movies, Primal Rage. Uh, so we're going to get a little anger monkey in us and fucking get fucking wild <laughs> so this movie was shot in florida and i figured we'd make some sort of like florida it does look like a sunrise or something yeah like a florida sunrise or whatever yeah. but we're calling this a demon sunrise and it's a co- it's a cocktail drink yeah and it's it's based on it's got part baboon in it and part baboon butt <laughs> yeah it's like it's got baboon ass flakes that you put Ew. on the top <laughs> It always looks like one giant scab. Have you ever looked at those? Like they're no. ba- the baboon asses. No, nope. I have not. They look like they've been like dragged over charcoals for a long period of time. It's probably it, just because hair doesn't grow there. I guess I don't know. Because poop. I don't know. That's not what I was. That's worse than what I was saying. Yep, and it got. But anyway, we got some baboon ass flakes in this. So, what's in a demon sunrise, Christina? Why don't you go ahead and tell us? We got a lot of stuff, actually. I'll help you. Thank you. Because I did change the ingredients mid-ingredient. So, obviously, the big main juice that you're going to be using in this, because this is a cocktail, guys, by the way. it's a, You put it into a whiskey glass size uh, cocktail, and it is Tampico that you're going to be putting into this. But before you do that, you're going to put in half ounce of, of mandarin orange, absolute mandarin orange, and then a half a shot of triple sec and then you are going to put in some bitters of your choice that you go with orange dump that bitch in there as many shakes as you want really then we put a little bit of grenadine in there to kind of give it some uh some color because it kind of we were trying to do the sunrise but we fucked up because we put in the the seltzer in it with it because it's supposed to give it a little bubble but we put in cotton candy seltzer you can put in whatever you want Probably vanilla will work if you have a vanilla seltzer. Mm-hmm. And then Tampico over top of that. So we filled the glass up and it's supposed to look like a sunrise. But because we put the goddamn fucking the stupid ass um, seltzer water, seltzer water in there, it fucked up the sunrise. But if you have all of the ingredients in there and then put in the grenadine last, it will look it'll have like a red thing at the bottom mm-hmm. and an orange sky. So, oh, OK. Just just so you know, if you want to make it look nice for your friends, because I know everybody that listens to this podcast, all three of you probably make every shot every week. I know you do, because that's just... <laughs> I sure do. I don't think they care. They're just like, let's just hear them drink it. Okay, so, let's go. I'm going to slam this. All right, let's go. You're going to... I'm not going to taste it until no, I'm done. I'm going to sip it. Wow, you really did slam it. Oh, it's good. I'm glad I'm sipping. Holy shit. That's really fucking good. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's Holy really crap. That's like one of the best drinks we've ever, ever had. Ever. 
That's really good, Alex. <laughs> I could drink that just regularly. Mm-hmm. Like You can't even taste alcohol in it. Oh, it's strong. Is it? I it is very it. strong. Yeah, because you got you got like at least oh, an yeah. ounce. You got an ounce of shot in there, but you know it's a it's a cocktail, so it's not gonna be as strong as a shot. Right. It's good. But yeah, one glass, one shot. You know, so it tastes really good. You, you, I guess you could level it out, but yeah, dude, that I'm proud of ourselves for that one. That was all you. That was really. Son that's of a bitch. really good. <laughs> Alice is like, okay, oh shit, I'm gonna have like six ingredients in this. Yeah, well, it's like I thought because we were tr- we always try to do something different each time, and so Christine will go out and buy all these like random drinks that we would normally do a hey, what does it taste like video for or something, but just for <laughs> ourselves because that's what she likes to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's fantastic. If you want to try a Demon Sunrise from the movie Primal Rage from 1988. All you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot sections now. Do it. Do it. <laughs> All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of two movies from 1988 involving animals to some degree made by Italians and also made in America, Louisiana and Florida. And we're going to start with... Zombie 5, Killing Birds. Not necessarily Killing Birds, but from 1988. And Primal Raids from So, uh, Christina did the work on the first one, so we're going to kick it off with that. Zombie 5, Killing Birds. Also known as Raptor. Okay. Raptors or Talons. It was released August 19th, 1988 in Italy. Woo! While searching for a rare bird, college students meet a blind professor who (laughs) hides a sinister secret. Behind his hot glue eyes. <laughs> All right, it was directed by Claudio L- Latanzi. Latanzi, yeah, that's pretty close. Oh, good. And Joe D'Amato. Yeah, you got it. Okay, uh, Claudio, who is also a writer on this film, mm-hmm. has also done Crucified from 2019 and was assistant director on Stage Fright, assistant director on Dario Argento's World of Horror, Ghost my- House, and The Church as well. Yep. The- Joe Diamanto has directed 199 straight-to-video movies. He's a pretty big deal. Yeah. His house is made of mahogany. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, also writers on this film, Sheila Goldberg and Daniel Stropa. Sheila wrote Stage Fright from 1987, Body Count from 86, Beyond the Door 3 from 1989. Daniel wrote Olga... Oh, Strange Story from 1995, Delirium from 87, and Encanto. Encantando. 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 Yeah. (laughs) From 2002. (laughs) Listen, first of all, I want to make a correction here on that. Oh, oops. Uh, No, it's not your fault. Sheila Goldberg was actually just the person. She was the acting coach for the Americans on set. She may have translated some of the material, but she didn't write it. 
Oh, well, they had her down as a writer. Right. And even the director was like, I don't know how they make these things work in Italy, but oh, okay. he's like, I didn't even get credit for writing the goddamn thing, and and she did, but I didn't. I don't understand that. <laughs> I guess they didn't like his parts in the movie, but he, he definitely oh. did write it. He said that he said that Danielle Stropa did the majority of it, though. So. Oh, okay. Okay, we got starring Laura Wendell, who plays Anne. Hmm. Was in Ghost House from 1988. Tenebrae. From 1982. The Perfume of the Lady in Black from 1974. Those are when they, that must be a 70s movie because they always had those like long names in the 70s. Yeah, those dramatic long names. The Scorpion Tale Strikes Nine at the Five (laughs) O'Clock Shadow Wall. <laughs> like, calm down. Like, how are we supposed to put, fit that on the side of the media? Can, how do you fit it on the side of the film? How do you fit it on the goddamn screen? Sorry. Well, that's probably why it didn't last that long. No, it's actually a pretty cool name. I'm just I'm saying. <laughs> okay, we got Robert Vaughn, who plays Dr. Fred Brown, the professor. Mm. Uh, tons of movies. The Magnificent Seven from 1970. The Towering Inferno from 74. Superman 3. Buried Alive, Chud 2. Bud the Chud. Yeah, he was not. We also I'm have- I'm a walking, I'm a talking, I'm a walking. Give it to me, bring it out. <laughs> I'm just going to take a sip of my drink. That's how the song goes. Bud the Chud. Dude, how do you not know that song? That's in a fantastic. Okay. I'm good. Graham uh, Green. Graham, Graham something or another. We also, something Graham. We also have Leslie Cumming. Oh. Who plays Mary. Good for her. Stop. <laughs> Was in Witchery from 1988. And we have James v- Velomir, who plays Paul. He was in Matinee from 93, A Jersey Christmas from 2008, and Private Parts from 97. Oh, he was in Howard Stern's movie? That's funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, budget on this movie in Italian was $150 million in Italian. <laughs> It's like 15 bucks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't either. Do they even, do they even, <laughs> do they even have their own currency? Or yes, it, of course. No, like they, they trade bark and tree. I'm and sorry. I don't mean to say acorns. I should have looked it up. I'm sorry. Well, never it's, mind. It's I'm fine. stupid. Okay. Well, Alex, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> Wait, we've already derailed this fucking piece of shit. That's okay. It's good. Um, so what did I think of this movie? Okay, so. Long ago, before I knew anything about all these sequels and everything like that, before I knew what Zombie even was, you know, which technically Zombie 2 is Dawn of the Dead 2. Okay. Georgia Romero's Dawn of the Dead 2. Fulci made it, became a really big success. Zombies were hot. They were huge. They were big. They were flapping their zombie shark fighting cocks everywhere. It was big. And so they started naming these movies in sequential order. (laughs) Just to get people to watch. Just to get people to watch. And they had the rights to the name because in Italy, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't a movie in America called Zombie. So it eventually went to Zombie 3, which basically, because so technically Dawn of the Dead is the first zombie in this franchise. (laughs) So, and that's partially because I guess Argento did his version, you know. So they, they called it Zombie back then. But this eventually went to the regular, the first Fulci film went to Zombie. Then it it was technically Zombie 2 and then Zombie 3, which is the militant one on the island. Then Zombie 4 is another island, I think, where these people are seeking treasure or something. I don't know what they're doing, but it's more of like a 
like a demonic thing going on. There's like some sort of voodoo shit going on in that one, I think. But pretty cool movie overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Zombie 5, which is called Killing Birds, Talons. Uh, or just, it's, yeah, it's called Zombie 5 Killing Birds. It's also called Zombie 5, Talons. Um, I think it's called Falcon Beak or something. I don't even know. But there's a lot of fucking names and... It is really a very chopped up fucking movie. Now, it's not the worst thing I've seen. It is definitely, it has some good stuff in it, okay? But boy, are you going to wait to have a lot of that shit pop open, okay? And there is a lot of dry space in between there, or, or should I say a lot of humidity involved in some of the actors on screen <laughs> who had to suffer through the Louisiana heat heat stroke that was happening i guess when they shot this film Mm -hmm. good loud this is a very boring movie we do have robert vaughn that does make an appearance in here which is nice you know he is you know clearly the the biggest talent in this movie um but (laughs) you know they they don't really do a really good job of him it's kind of laughable and i can imagine as one of my friends said in my post when we were joking about it the check cleared that's pretty much (laughs) that's pretty much what robert vaughn took (laughs) uh it's not exactly a good movie but i don't want to like necessarily make fun of it because there is some competency in there but it's very telling that there is multiple hands involved in this movie and that it had multiple different rewrites because it's almost like it's like two different movies that were so different that they wanted to mix them in together Mm-hmm. And originally, it was supposed to be about this guy who comes home and there's a uh, his wife is sleeping with another man and he kills them and then the birds exact revenge on him or something like that, causing this house to become evil or something like that. And then it, it morphed and changed over to all the rewrites and everything like that. So it feels very like choppy in a lot of ways even though you're following the beginning story for the most part a bunch of kids they go into this into louisiana to find this bird they happenstance run into all these people and then they go to this house which causes a lot of weird kind of surrealistic shit to happen Mm -hmm. but it's also like you're not sure if it's really happening kind of thing there are zombies in this movie although um i think the zombie makeup and stuff looks pretty cool in this. It's a, uh, it looks like gross and like weird and sticky. I, I, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's very different. Um, there's not very much atmosphere in this movie, but the music's gonna tell you that there's atmosphere going on at every second mm-hmm. of this movie. Mm-hmm. Literally, they're like, I'm just. It's a happy moment. They're like, hey, ha ha ha, and they're going up the stairs, and it's like, dang, it's like, oh, my God, they're, they're going up to brush their teeth. And I don't know why, but it just does that throughout the whole film. And I think it's just because they're trying to commit to some sort of atmosphere, but it just didn't translate very well. I will say the moments that the zombies are in the movie, some of the kills are pretty unique and different than I've seen. They're not amazing, but they're kind of decent. And they kind of help, you know, make this movie feel like not a complete waste of time for a lot of people, I think. Uh, Ultimately, though, this is a movie that should have just stuck to one plot instead Mm -hmm. of the multitude of ones that don't connect in any which shape or form, including the name Killing Zombie or Killing Birds. What am I saying? 
because uh, <laughs> it is about killing zombies pretty much and they're not right. even real or i don't even who knows if they're real right it's kind of like in a way it's like city of the living dead zombies because it's like this house is evil because of something that happened in it so many years ago that you mm-hmm. see in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and uh yeah ultimately my least favorite in the zombie franchise to be quite honest oh. with you it is really just not half the movie three is even Mm-hmm. And a lot of people clown on that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these zombie three, I'd say zombie four actually has probably a better atmosphere, but there's zombie three really has some really cool stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that movie and I like zombie four, but they're not as good as zombie, you know, like the Lucio Fulci zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of them are, <laughs> but there's still, if you, if you like digging into the Italian pile of movies, that have no business being called the name that they're called like demons did because there's like six demons films or five demons films some of which are actually pretty good if they stand on their own mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know it's a low it's a low watcher i would probably not pop this on for a while maybe just out of curiosity when i go down the fucking the zombie franchise again i would watch it again just out of you know completion and uh, I would probably give this like a 4.5 out of 10. The only thing that really kind of makes it good, bring it up a half a point there, is the zombie kills. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Otherwise, the whole movie is like a two. So what about you, Christina? Oh. Well, this is the worst Scooby-Doo movie I've ever seen. <laughs> There's like a lot of walking around, looking for stuff, nothing happening. Like, you know, Alex said, there wasn't enough killing. The, the, kill, the kills, too, were, it was very minimal killing going on. There's only like two scenes with birds killing each other. And I would question one of those scenes because... It, it was just like filter. <laughs> I don't say yeah, I don't even. Yeah, I don't think they even killed the person. Yeah, and uh, birds in real life are very terrifying for me. So you're yeah, hoping I, for something. I was hoping for something, to, but I mean a little bit in the beginning, but not really. So it was kind of disappointing. I did enjoy the score and the music, like you said. It yeah, was there was some fitting. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was really the music was really good, but it felt like it didn't belong in there though. Yeah, I did enjoy the kills that they had. Well, most of them and the birds in the beginning. It was really it was a really cool scene. Um, But yeah, it was a minimal plot line. One thing that I will say before you finish is that the acting in it, as far as like they didn't really dub anybody in this movie. This is like complete. Everybody was speaking English perfectly. All the actresses were not dubbed or anything like that. So it's good accent. Yeah, like it, it feels like and it feels like for a director's first time debut. Was it his debut? No, there was two directors listed on the movie. Uh, Joe DeMonto, he, it said he wasn't credited. Right, but this so is Claudio, the director's first time. Yeah, this was the first movie they directed. Right, so and for his direct- first time film having Robert Vaughn in it, it's not a bad idea. But it's he was an cool. assistant director for much of the Right, well, that doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying, for his first time film, having Robert Vaughn in it and an entire cast that is speaking English is kind of a big deal mm-hmm. for Italian films. Mm-hmm. You know, because most of them are always dubbed, even the English part, speaking parts. Mm-hmm. So, but like, it, yeah, it was just a minimal plot line, and it was just killing my time, killing my time. Which, like, I think the ending escalated good, but yeah, it was just too late. I lost interest, so I, I don't even, I, I wasn't even interested when shit was going on at the end, honestly. Right, but you have to Sounds like so delineate between this 
and the recent movies we saw, which were a lot worse than this. Yeah, which is funny because it's the exact same thing I said about that movie last week. Right. So to have it happen twice in a row hurts my feelings. But I gave it a three out of ten. Okay. So that's my score. So between us, it's about a 3.75, which I think is appropriate. You know, I think that's like for most people, that's probably where it's going to fall. There are some elements in the movie that are so bad, so good, but mostly it's kind of played straight. And the biggest laugh we got out of the whole fucking thing, as far as like random surprise was Robert Vaughn's appearance, which (laughs) we'll talk about here in the spoiler section. (laughs) that That was great. Yeah, that. That was a hearty laugh. Like, we had a good time with that one. So, we do have some trivia, though. And if you want to watch this movie, you can check it out on Tubi uh, with ads. I think there might be another place that you could probably watch it, but I don't think there's, like, any uncut version that you're going to miss out on. This movie isn't exactly the most gory film. But, you know, it's got some stuff in it that you may like if you like Italian film. Once you get the taste of Italian films in your mouth, and you just you just kind of have a craving for it sometimes. And this isn't a, a terrible. Like, that's why I scored it below five because it's not your average, but it's not exactly bad, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check it out, you can. But we do have some spoiler, rific, fun things to talk about, and uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump into that right now. So if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. This was shot in Thibodeau. Louisiana, which apparently they had a lot of contacts with a lot of people out there to make films. And they, uh, the producer actually made a lot of erotic films in Louisiana as well. So they could, because they could afford it. Oh. Just they had all the right people for all the right price. Apparently, this is around the time that Italy started charging more for movies and stuff like that. So they had to like, it's kind of it's weird it's a weird thing that how big horror was out in italy and how not so big it got you know and how they just kind of shunned it one day in some regards so it's kind of sad christians well i don't know what it there's a there's books and books and books on it right but yeah um supposedly the house that's in the very beginning is in one of the more infamous Fulci films which is the beyond so the birdhouse is from the beyond oh so they just kind of used the interior shots i think i don't know if they did the exterior or not Mm -hmm. because it was supposed to be out on a main street in louisiana as well and there's like a lake out back and shit like that it was like a hotel or something in the movie i don't know but it is uh it is one of the houses that's in the beyond i guess and it could be the girl who's blind remember when they go in that one house and she's like gets her neck bit by the dog oh yeah that's uh the beyond it might be that house i'm not sure they didn't specify there so um Claudio Latanzi, who is the writer and director, he helped Marcel Sovi a number of times, obviously, before he worked on Killing Birds, which you had mentioned he had the horror documentary that he did with Dario Argento that's all about Dario Argento. He was asked to do that specifically because they needed somebody who actually knew his movies mm-hmm. to work on the film that's about his movies. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how he kind of got in there a little bit, but... He wrote the uh, ob- obsolete gate, which was this 15 page story that turned into killing birds. And he like he's, he at the time he was writing it based on the evil dead, which was very popular at that time. And a lot of Italian movies were trying to copy it, like Ghost House and Ghost House five and mm-hmm. La Casa five, La Casa three. You know, um, there's a lot of movies that were trying to do it. None of them 
did a really great job like Evil Dead or anything like that, but they certainly tried. And it got tossed around, you know, the 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 script got tossed around so many different times and rewrote so many times that it kind of became something completely different. Mm-hmm. And even the the director was not fond of the the term he never liked Killing Birds, the title, to be honest, because mm-hmm. he didn't. It didn't really make sense for what he was trying to do, and it really doesn't make sense in the story what it ended up being. Right. But the script got finished up by Daniel Stropa, who went in and really just kind of wrecked the whole, just changed it all up to make probably make it better mm-hmm. from what it sounds like he was saying, because he gave her a lot of props in this. He was like, "Yes, she did all of the." writing she was really good at it i threw in some ideas she pretty much just wrote all the dialogue and everything in there mm-hmm. so which you know makes you question what why they had the computer guy in there so much his, his uh optimism about computers in this was pretty uh weird and and un- <laughs> weird just because he has this old laptop and of course in the 80s computers are magic and they could do anything they do anything yeah they could solve the mystery of the birds and why this house was like like, they have no internet, but somehow the computer's like, gonna know. They're in the middle of being chased. He's like, wait, hold on. I gotta, I gotta prop down my, my hundred pound laptop <laughs> so I can fucking check the internet wireless. There was no, there was no internet. There might have been internet, but there was no wireless yeah, internet like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was like. It, it was like, okay, okay, Chuck. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I didn't care to look it up because it was just a weird. Yeah, thing was, in the yeah, film it, was it wasn't weird. exactly like important like, wouldn't you want a phone there Call was just somebody. there was a couple of things in the script that i was just like why why are we talking about this this is right. so weird there is some controversy around who directed the film because you got joe diamato's name that's on there it's kind of like the whole poltergeist thing mm-hmm. you know where they're like oh it's, it's, it's it could be toby's film toby hooper Right. They didn't know if it was him or his second unit director or the producer, you know, mm-hmm. if Steven Spielberg actually directed it. So they're kind of doing the same thing with Joe D'Amato because he was so fresh around the, you know, wet around the ears. It was kind of like this is a big project for him, you know, to be handling, especially when they have Robert Vaughn and all these competent uh, American actors, as well as uh, they brought some Italian um, actors or actresses, I should say, into mm-hmm. the film, which those were Laura Wendell and Lisa Leslie Cummings, mm-hmm. who were the the two of the girls in there. They were both from Italy. So, but yeah, it didn't say whether or not he actually did or not. So it just puts both their names on there. And maybe it's just because D'Amato's name is so big. Oh, yeah, to help. It kind of overshadows him so much that people can't even believe that he directed it. Even though it's not a fantastic film, there's just got to be some help in there somewhere. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for the trivia on this one. Did you have any scenes that you were really into for this movie? Well, I really did like that opening scene where, like, the guy is, like, coming home from the army and then his wife's in bed with some other man. So he, like, cuts the guy's throat and then he waits around for her to wake up. She's like, wow, you're really cold. And Yeah, and then finds the blood. Like, he's all bloody and shit. She freaks out. She runs out of the house. She gets into the car. Oh, and the car doesn't start. So then she sees her husband and he has like the bloody knife and then she like starts running. And I think then, he tackles her to the ground or something. Well, they, that, well before that, um, they end up in the patio with all the bird cages. Right. So these birds are witnessing like this guy go crazy and start killing it. Well, he killed his wife and then he killed 
like a couple with their baby or something. Oh, that's right. He brings her back to kill her in front of the birds. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And then he stabbed her in front of the birds. And then I think he lets the birds out. And then there's this couple that just show up out of nowhere. And they got a baby. Yeah. And I have no idea what is going on, by the way. I thought they were the neighbors. See, I thought she was running to the neighbor's house. No, they were just, they were coming to the house or something. They didn't make it clear as to why, because they come in through the other door and come out on the patio where the birds are. Uh-huh. And I don't know why, but they just show up and then dude throws his fucking knife like a ninja star and it hits the dude in the forehead right. with a fucking, with a Bowie knife. That's funny. <laughs> I thought it was weird that he took the baby. So we like had the baby. And then after he like had the baby, then his eye got plucked out by the birds. Right. He kills the man with the fucking throwing star Bowie knife. Then he kills the wife out in the field with the, and then he grabs the baby who's just laying in the grass and then he takes it in as his own. The next scene you see is the birds cutting his eye out mm-hmm. and then he goes, you see him with a bandage on his head at some sort of police station and they take the baby from him and they're like, we'll take care of it from here. And it's like, wait, are you arresting him? Is he going to the hospital? But, like what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, a he simple can't... DNA test would have told you that. <laughs> Well, I mean, his wife's dead. Usually the first fucking, you know, suspect is the goddamn husband. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's and, a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, it didn't really make too much sense why those that couple was there with their baby. They just happened to be there for some reason. I thought they were the neighbors. I don't know. Why would the neighbors go in the house and then walk no, to the other it's side? It's because she ran to their house. The, the, the people with the babies, their house was the house with the birds. So what was the... Oh, so she was in there... When she ran out of the house with her dead lover in the bed, she ran out. She ran into the car. Okay. No, no. Car- hold on. You're missing what I'm saying. If it's the old couple's house with the baby, why the fuck is his wife in there sleeping with another guy? And why is the guy who's killing everybody showing up at the house? It then? was a different house. Later on, when you go to the professor's house, that's oh. a completely different house than the house with the brick. So this is the house that they went to first. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, well, that was how confusing the fucking beginning was. It made no sense to me. Why would you skip around to two different houses? Because she was running to get away from him. She was running to the neighbor's house. Okay. I I just didn't catch that. I thought she was running around and then ended up back at the house. No. No, she didn't end up back at her house. Yeah, I understand she was running. That's not the part that I don't get. And that's how that couple with the baby, that's that's why they just showed up. They're like, who are you and why are you at our house with a knife and killing people? Yeah, because also that the father guy went to his car to grab his gun and that's when he got, you know, in, in the neck. Robert, get your gun. Anyway, so then we go to the college campus and it's all happy music and like everybody's having a good time. That was confusing. I was like, it, what? Yeah, I was like, okay, so there's like this guy, he gets this grant from college uh, to go on this adventure to find a specific bird and he gets a group of people, they all get together and they go out to seek this bird and one of the first people they meet out in the middle in the heart of Louisiana somewhere is this Robert Brown or this uh, Reed Brown or whatever. Dr. Oh, Dr. Brown. Fred. Fred Brown. Brown. That's what it is. But what's funny is, so the, all these, the college kids go into his house. They just go into his house and start snooping around. And then Robert Vaughn comes like around the corner. He's like, uh, what are you doing in my house? And then he's. But the look when, on his face. Yeah. Was the funniest fucking goddamn thing because the makeup job that they did on this was horrible. horrible. Yeah, this is. 
They just wipe some Elmer's glue. Like no, wait, not Elmer's glue. Thing. We're talking like, like fucking the the clear glue that you would put on stuff. Hot glue. Yeah, the hot glue that you melt. It was all dried up on his eye. It looked like somebody just shoved a bunch of Vaseline in his eye socket, and it was like cleared over so you could see like the hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it kind of led over to his other eye, which is like looking straight up because he's trying to pretend that he's blind. Yeah, because that's what blind people do is they look up. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's more comfortable, yeah. (laughs) We just couldn't stop laughing. It wasn't because they're blind. It was the makeup job. It's just the makeup job and the way that Robert Vaughn was looking when he did that. That just, like, sent us into hysterics. Anyway, it scares the shit out of the kids. They show him throughout the movie, like, over and over and over again. And he comes back towards the end of the movie to be the savior and kind of explain things away. After everyone's dead, by the way. Because when they go back to the... They go to this other house. Because clearly, this is the house that that they go to is the one that he killed his wife at with the birds. Mm-hmm. And uh, where the ninja starred the fucking Bowie knife at the dude's head. Uh, Vaughn is that killer. And we find that out. It's pretty obvious because he got his eye chewed out by a fucking falcon or something. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I don't know. They go to this house and then Steven, the main guy who gets the grant and has, he's the one in charge of this project. He has like this moment in the film where he's like going through the rooms and he's like, guys guys that was for like 10 minutes yeah and then we were like wait what's going on and then he sees like this old woman like making milk or something like that and she's like i've got your milk bobby or steven oh because he's having a flashback yeah and it's like no it's not a flashback it's like a it's like a waking dream he's like alive and awake and he's running around in a dream and then when he opens the door he's back in reality again wasn't weren't they trying to hint that he was the baby yeah, he was the baby because yeah. he calls him son at the end of yeah, the movie. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, it's kind of like a flashback. Right. He somehow ends up back at this house. He's the baby. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Of course. Yeah, I know what I'm just saying. <laughs> but, but that was it for that for that uh, like plot line. That was it. Yeah, that's the plot they line. Bring, but they the, didn't bring it up again. But the weird thing is, is that while they're at this house, like people are slowly getting killed off by zombies. And it's like, why? Are these the dead bodies of the people he killed outside coming right. back to kill them, I guess? And then I thought the zombies was the doctor, Professor Doctor Robert Vaughn, but it wasn't like it wasn't him because he ends up showing up towards the end, like oh, yeah. during when it was happening. And then yeah. I was like, What the fuck, dude? Robert the the what Robert Vaughn's character, Doctor Brown or whatever, he can like hear birds when they're in heat and when they're like at a specific temperature, they make specific calls. And he's like just got a microphone on his desk inside of his house listening to birds. And I don't know if it's on tape that he's listening to him or literally there's a mic on this fucking desk and he's supposed to be listening to birds outside of the house because it makes no goddamn sense. But somehow he catches on that these kids are in trouble Mm -hmm. based on the bird noises that he hears. Now, they don't really make this clear in the movie, but I am goddamn sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it that was. is what's going on in this film, which blows my fucking mind because like what <laughs> uh, the some of the zombie stuff that's in this film. I think they, they the one girl gets her head smashed in before they even realize uh, he saw his mom as a zombie as well. Mm-hmm. She's all fucked. The makeup on that was really cool. That makeup was cool. So weird. It's like hit and miss with the makeup. I thought it was all good. I thought it all looked really creepy. I just didn't feel creeped out. Yeah. Um, Because it's like. Well, they didn't show him for long enough. 
to where like you could be creeped out. Right. There's all these mundane parts going on. Yeah. And like side stories of like love interests and stuff like that. Which didn't make any goddamn sense. But there's this one time where they finally figure out that there's something going on and they find a, uh, one of their friend's bodies or something like that. And so they all decide to get into the car. And one, <laughs> the laptop guy's like, you don't understand. You don't understand. He's like, I got to get my laptop. And they're like, fuck the laptop. <laughs> and he's like, you don't understand. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's like his whole salary for the year. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> just the new. That's like a brand new item. You know? Yeah, it's probably given as a grant through the college, whatever. <laughs> no, he had it before, remember? Because yeah, he was I know. he was creating porn on his computer when the oh, guy comes right. in to have him come in. And what is the point? I guess the guy with the computer and the laptop is the data entry guy. <laughs> you need someone. Why don't you just bring a typewriter? He's a programmer. Yeah, but why do you need a programmer to fucking research birds? I guess to track their migrating habits. But they're know. only out there for a weekend. Right. So it doesn't make any sense why you would need someone that would need, you know, like, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we got the we got the programmer out here. Was, was he going to make a fucking bird on the goddamn <laughs> screen? So was he the guy who got caught on fire and then he started no that was the driver that was the security oh, guard okay because the security guard goes with them from the college campus to keep them safe mm -hmm. he's commanded by the uh the head people that shit was funny when he was caught on fire because you they dubbed him going like oh Oh, yeah, like they don't, that, that was like, that was like nobody that. does anything. They just yeah. stare at him while he's burning and yeah. he runs off well, into he, the woods. He didn't stop. Yeah. Why didn't you help him? He didn't stop. <laughs> it's like, no, it's the line is he didn't stop, drop and roll. Yeah, that's what the line should have been. And he didn't uh, set up shop. <laughs> oh, oh, make a rough rider. <laughs> stop, drop. All right, I'll stop. Anyway, yeah, he should have fucking... They should have helped him, for Christ's sake. He could have, like, lived a very melted life, like, or something. Because, like, he was clearly alive and he ran for a long distance before they, they even said anything, let alone. Mm -hmm. But then they're like, okay, we gotta get the fuck out of here. So they try to get in their car or whatever. And I don't know if this happened before he caught fire or after. I think it was after that he caught fire. Mm -hmm. But the first time they go into their car, they can't start it up. Oh, no! He did catch fire first. Then they go to the car because he was the one with the keys. So they didn't have the keys to start the car. So the guy's trying to fucking hotwire it. Doesn't have a clue what the fuck he's doing. Everybody's in there. And the girl in the back is freaking out. She is fucking panicking. And she sees a zombie off in the distance. And he's like thousands of feet away. But because of them not knowing what to do with the car and how to hotwire it, it literally takes... <laughs> It takes a half hour before he gets there and busts out a window mm -hmm. and pulls her out and cuts the skin. I don't know if it's like a foreskin around her neck, but she Ew. she had this thing around her neck. And it's probably because you couldn't tell uh -huh. on VHS back then, you know, and it, it you couldn't see. But it was supposed to be like skin got ripped off her neck. Right. Because they pull her head out the back of the window and then slice it on the glass on the edge of the window. Mm-hmm. And then she dies. And then another zombie comes and then busts out the fucking driver's side window. And then they climb out the other side and go running back to the house. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was interesting. They have this like underground fucking uh, generator that's running and stuff. There's another scene with a wait. Did well, there was another zombie scene later on when after a couple of them die, right? 
I think so. I don't remember. Yeah, like I said, towards the end, I zoned out. I didn't zone out. I just don't. There's so much weird shit going on. Somehow, I remember the laptop was making noise and saying on the screen, welcome home, Steven. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to, like, make it seem like this, like, entity is, like, living at this house and that he's the baby, you know. And they uh, they find a shotgun in the fireplace, and, and that's what happens. A zombie busts through the wall and grabs Mary and, and fights off Steven. And then Steven breaks free because uh, Paul, the Paul guy, was helping him or whatever. And they all make it to the attic, and that's where the three of them are up there. And he's like, it's too quiet. It's too quiet. Something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. And sure enough, that dude gets yanked up through the fucking ceiling because it busts through the fucking roof <laughs> and grabs him by the head. And they're all, like, hanging onto his body as his head, as he's just hanging there. He doesn't go up through the hole, just his head. And he just dangles there like a Christmas ornament. <laughs> <laughs> Which it was kind of cool because they rip off like part of his jaw mm-hmm. when they're pulling him up. So like they grabbed his and all his sheer weight, pulled his jaw off oh, a little bit, right. yeah, which was kind of cool. cool. Like as yeah, far as cool. gore, I had never seen anything like that anyway. You know what I mean? I, I don't remember that scene in particular. Mm-hmm. So this is a very forgettable movie unless you're really paying attention. Right. Very um, forgettable. But yeah, that was a pretty cool scene. And then they leave the attic and they go down and then it's uh robert vaughn shows up dr brown mm-hmm. and he's like i wandered over here 17 miles by my blind self listening to the birds <laughs> to get here and then he's like it's me they want not you it's revenge that they want and he's like go home son be free and then you hear him scream and that's it <laughs> And it's like they have this like they transpose like fake birds on the screen. Yeah, it was like a filter. Yeah, it was like like a black dots. It's like if they shot the birds in the sky flying around and then they painted it. Yeah, they just put the footage like over. They put the footage over it in black. Yeah, Yeah. it was so weird. Obvious too that they did. What do they call it? Transposing. I don't know. Yeah, it ain't no fucking birds. In modern terms, it's just a filter. Right. (laughs) I don't think it is. Not a, I don't think they had that well, ability. Well, they didn't have that, but I'm just saying. Yeah, it. it people it, know what filters are. They probably so the birds the probably look black because it was a shot of them in the sky over top of the house. Yeah, but it still looked like black dots. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Or like it was just a picture. Like of a birds. bunch of flies are flying around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It looked more like flies. <laughs> and then you hear them go, ah! They're like caca, caca. Yeah, and that's you know. And that year, Robert Vaughn won the Academy Award for that scream. So. And then he died. No, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. It's terrible. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's probably more than most people talk about in this movie anyway. So I think we can move on. But we do have another movie that we're going to talk about. Another Italian uh, American film made in Florida. Florida. <laughs> uh, the the state of where freedom goes to die. Trash. <laughs> oh, I spill? almost spilled water. I did spill water on me. <laughs> Sorry. That's a nice diversion, huh? <laughs> oh, don't spit the water up. I'm not going to spit it up. Okay. We're good. So, <laughs> this movie was made in Florida. Um, I forget which city is specifically. but Didn't I, you say Miami? Yeah, it's Miami. That's right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So, this was shot at the University of Florida. It was also shot in, like, all of these different parts around Miami and stuff like that. 
they use the college campus. This is a huge production. Like, honestly, I don't know how much they spent on it because I really just don't know. But it's crazy because this is Primal Rage, by the way, from 1988. It's about a scientist at a Florida university inadvertently creates a rage virus. Boy, that sounds familiar. While performing experiments intended to restore dead brain tissue in baboons. Oh. Now, I believe, and I could be wrong here, but weren't they researching, like, or am I getting this mixed up with World War Z? But 28 days later, weren't they researching, weren't they researching Alzheimer's disease? Or was it World War Z that I'm getting confused? I think it might have been World War Z. I think you might be right. But anyway... Uh, there's a rage virus that they have in 28 Days Later, by the way, and uh, it's a very similar uh, story. But then when they a journalist tries to go in with a college paper and breaks into the campus lab, he's bitten by one of the infected baboons, and the virus soon spreads to a trio of rapists <laughs> and a valley girl, all of whom go on a wonderful killing spree in a movie called Primal Rage. Yay! Hooray! Taglines are Primal Fears, Primal Screams. <laughs> primal Screams. <laughs> There's another. Oh. <laughs> There's another one. There's a new party animal on campus. She'll bring out the beast in you. Oh my god. Oh my god. And the other one is There's a new party animal on campus. It'll bring out the beast in you. They should use that for an energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> Come get monster. Oh shit, we're going to get sued by them for bringing them up. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, They're worse right. than Disney, man. Like they try to sue everybody. Like hey, hey, we weren't talking about them. It's just a word. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Primal Rage is about that. It is Directed by Vittorio Rambaldi, who is, by the way, the son of Italian special effects artist Carlo Rambaldi, who did the effects on E.T., King Kong, Alien, Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, Third Kind? I don't remember. Dune, Silver Bullet, just about everything you fucking watched. Huh. Uh, but yeah, for Vittorio Rambaldi, this was his directing debut. He directed an action film called Decoy. With Robert Patrick and P- Peter Weller. Robert Patrick? Yeah, and Charlotte Lewis, too, which he did, I think, either before this movie or after. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the writers on this was Umberto Lenzi, who is obviously a big writer and director that has done so many Italian films. He has been writing and directing since the 60s. Some of his bigger ones in the 80s on up are Eaten Alive, Nightmare City, Cannibal Ferox, Ghost House, Black Demons, and Nightmare Beach from 89, which Victorio Rambaldi helped him write. So uh, this movie was also written by James Justice, who did Nightmare Beach. He uh, also did another movie called Lesser Evil, which was a TV movie. Some of the cast we have in here, Patrick Lowe. No, not Rob Lowe's family. We looked it up. Sam Nash is the character he plays. He was in Slumber Party Massacre 2 as Matt. He was also in three episodes of Generations TV and an episode of Quantum Leap, but that's pretty much it. So Cheryl Arut, who plays Lauren, the girlfriend, is in this movie. She's actually a doctor. 
She's a clinical and forensic psychologist who has done a lot of frequent media appearances as a psychological expert, as a matter of fact. Wow. She retired from working as an actor in the 90s, and she did like three episodes of like ABC after school specials. She did a couple episodes of NBC special treat and as and as an actor. And then she went on and went on TV as a specialist for Access Hollywood. She did like seven episodes of that. I Knew My Murderer, eight episodes of that. Uh, she did ABC, ABC News Nightline. She did about three episodes of that. She was a huge mainstay on Dr. Drew on, on his uh, Dr. Drew on call. She oh. did 105 episodes with him on that and 15 episodes with Nancy Grace. So she's kind of, she kind of did a lot. I'm yeah. sure those, those shows paid a lot of money. Yeah. Um, For her expertise. Right. Probably. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially 105 episodes. Holy shit. Anyway, we also have actress Sarah Buxton, who played Debbie, the roommate or the dorm roommate of Lauren. She got her start on Simon and Simon as a young girl. She was actually a gymnast before that. And uh, she was trying out to be an Olympic hopeful, you know, before a Hollywood manager discovered her in a fucking grocery store and decided to put her in a bunch of TV shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. She was in Freddy's Nightmares. She was in Nightmare Beach, the movie after this one. She did an episode of Monsters. She did 551 episodes of Sunset Beach. Fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Like, it, what it's is this? A soap like, opera? Maybe. Yeah, yeah like a, a like an afternoon one that yeah. wasn't real super popular. Probably. But 551 episodes. Somebody watched that. Had that. to have been a soap opera. Yeah, but how have I never heard of this? Like, is is it aired in some other country? Anyway, probably because it was a drama. Right. Well, like she did 195 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful. That I've heard of. Oh, yeah. But 551 episodes of Sunset Beach? It might have been in a different country, too. Yeah, maybe you're right. A soap opera in a different country. That's a fair point. I know. Well, we also have Mitch Watson, who plays Duffy, the best friend. He actually did an episode of In Living Color, which was season three, episode six, called Home Alone Again from 91. Uh, If you want to check that episode out, he's in there. Then he jumped into producing and doing voice acting for cartoons. So he did both at the same time. He would produce the cartoons and then voice act in them. Like he did Duckman, Scooby-Doo, Mystery Incorporated, Kung Fu Panda, The Paws of Destiny. He was one of the big characters in that one. Mm-hmm. And Big Nate. We also have Bo Svensson, who was hugely popular back in the uh, making movies days. He's been making movies forever. He was the rat-tailed Dr. Etheridge in this. He was born in Sweden, but he decided to immigrate himself to the U.S. when he was about 17 years of age and decided to serve about six years as a U.S. Marine and uh, pursued a Ph.D. in metaphysics, paying the rent with uh, odd acting job gigs. Hmm. His first gig was actually Flipper. Faster than lightning? Yeah, faster than lightning. (laughs) Um, Nobody will know just how fast it can go. (laughs) Flipper! I got it. Can I tell you a story real quick? Sure. Um. So when my mom like was making lobster one time when I was a kid, it's like a very rare moment. You know, we didn't eat lobster all the time. We were not rich, but we got extra money this time. And my uh-huh. mom decided to cook up some from live lobsters. Oh, my God. And they had huge claws. Yeah. And she said when she was cooking them, she could hear them crying. But it really is just the steam coming out of their shell. Oh, and cracking or whatever. Just uh, She probably- thought they were screaming. <laughs> 
So when we sit down to eat, she was really disturbed and she had a hard time eating. <laughs> so Stop I decided laughing. to compound the interest and make it even worse by pulling Aww. out a piece of the claw and then going, they call him Flipper, Flipper. <laughs> and I was shaking it as I said Flipper each time. You're horrible. <laughs> My dad was laughing so hard. <laughs> she was like, Alex, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's how much I cared about animals back then, I guess. <laughs> oh, I know. that's not true. I know. You know me. I'm like a huge animal lover now. I could never. I know, but you were just trying to make your mom laugh. Yeah, exactly. I was a kid. I didn't know any better, right? So calm the fuck down, people. Anyway, story over. Bo Svensson, who's the rat-tailed doctor, he was actually... He... uh did Flipper, like I mentioned. He also did Walking Tall, uh, part two and three, the final movie. Plus, he did the TV show as a character on there. He was in the original Inglorious Bastards movie and the remake that, that they did. Mm -hmm. He did a part in that. He was also in a movie called Snow Beast, which we've tossed around watching, which is like the abominable snowman mm -hmm. movie that we got on that list of movies to watch. Right. He was in Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, The Delta Force, Thunder 1 and 2, Maniac Killer, Deep Space, Curse 2, The Bite, and Beyond the Door 3, and so many more. Ooh. I think he even did this movie where he had a whip. <laughs> he, he was in this really shitty movie that I got that he had a whip in it, and it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Bo Svensson. You know who he is. Other than that, though, Christina... I didn't. I couldn't find a budget on this one. So, how much uh, did you enjoy this uh, film? Well, we have another college kid movie from the '80s. Right. This one is way more '80s. That's true. I like, didn't think about that. These then, both are college kid movies. Yeah, but this one's like you could tell it was in the '80s. Oh my god! Like they were speaking like eighty, like like he had a little scooter, like the cars, like Every everything. Poster was relevant to that moment. Yes, which I thought was cool. Even the the clothes were over the top, like eighties, the like mall the clothes, hair. the hair, like it was just on spot on for that. Time. It really was, it, and I I like that. I do too. That is something I like about the movie. Yeah, uh, this movie didn't go in the direction I thought it was going to go, which is a good thing. So I enjoyed it a lot better than like the other movie and the pacing was really good in this mm -hmm. and it kept me interested. Um, there, I like how there is a whole Halloween scene in this. Oh my God. Really that cool. scene alone probably cost them so much money. Yeah. It had to have because of the masks and yeah, like the costumes and stuff. But there is one scene and it's a, a roid rage <laughs> rape scene. Oh my God. The happiest of rape which, scenes. I, of course, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, don't get into the specifics. I, well, it didn't go in the, the direction I thought it was going to go. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. But I really did like this movie, and I want to watch it again. Okay. So I'll give it a six out okay. of ten. I, I won't be too nitpicky. I mean, there was some some stuff I didn't like because, like, I thought there was too many characters, and it, 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 even they, they even had, like, the stupid jocks and the aggressive jocks jerks you know and just the you know like beating down on women and shit like that you know like but it was the 80s I no high-fiving before they're about to rape a woman <laughs> yeah like shit like that Dude, it was like, the most fucking serious right the, now? the the closest i could compare to that 
before they that was going to happen was that movie Gutter Balls. Yeah, that's what I thought of. And Almost. I was like, oh my God. You're like, not again. But not again. Anyway, what did you give it, Alex? Uh, so uh, this is a movie I've never seen before. It's one, I don't know how it just slipped through the cracks. I've I've kind of had it on the back burner. I think it was on like YouTube somewhere and I saved the, the video. And then, of course, you know, Vinegar Cinder put it out. This has also been on that, uh, on Red Letter Media's Best of the Worst for their spooktacular Halloween special that they did in 2021. I remember watching that and that's what got me into Don't Panic, which was one of those movies that they watched with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is no, not as good as Don't Panic. Let's just put it that way. That movie is like pretty high up there when it comes to So Bad It's Good films. This is definitely a So Bad It's Good film. Mm -hmm. There was a few disappointing things in it that I didn't like and a few things that I kind of love about it. One of the things I love about it is that it is totally 80s and it has got a theme song in the movie like most shitty films that I know, you know, like when you go back and watch these 80s films, they always had like that song, you know, that would play over and over and over again. Right. And it would have a soundtrack of some sort. But this was the song of the summer in this movie. <laughs> and, uh, the you know, the acting in it is, you know, it's what you'd expect. It's not as bad as something like killing birds or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's overacted in a lot of ways. Like nobody acts like these kids do. Mm -hmm. They they're acting like literally like, I don't know, half their age and what they look like in the movie. You know, this is like around that time where everybody's like, looks older. They look like they could belong in college, but just barely (laughs) like, you know, like they look old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like a lot of the dialogue and shit in this is actually pretty fun. It is totally a rip. Like, like I can tell you that 28 Days Later got their fucking interest in this. But, you know, working on chimpanzees, baboons, and all this other stuff is nothing new. They did it in Shakma, uh, the monkey one that they were experimenting on that. They've done it in so many different other fucking movies where they're working on monkeys. It's like I've seen so many movies with that. So it's not uncommon to see it in, you know, something like that. But the fact that they actually call it a rage virus is kind of sus when it comes to 28 Days Later. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure they thought, well, no one will ever watch this fucking movie (laughs) long before Vinegar Syndrome (laughs) was become popular, you know. Um, But, you know, it's not as good as 28 Days Later. Let's just admit. But there is some really so bad it's good moments in this film that... I really wish that this movie would have gone further in the violence department with the tone. Hold on. With the tone that it had and how happy it was, it kind of leaned on the happier side like like it didn't want to go past too far. Oh, it like toned down. Right. Like they trying to tone everything down just a little bit with the violence. Oh, okay. And so I wanted to see more practical effects in the movie. Uh Uh-huh. This is very much... uh, like a movie you could see that would be put on the air of like Joe Bob Briggs or something like that, or monster vision or, you know, one of those things, if you'd covered up the boobs or something like that. Uh, I think there was boobs in this one. I don't remember. I don't think there was. Maybe you're right. I know there was in the first. No, no, I don't think there was. I've been watching so many movies lately. I don't, I haven't been able to. Yeah. I don't think there was, but yeah. Um, you could definitely play this on like something like Joe Bob Briggs or Monster Vision or something like that and probably get away with it because it's like, yeah, it's got some scenes in it that are like, whoa, and some of the language is kind of fucked up and stuff like that. But mostly it's kind of tame and I really kind of wanted it to go unhinged. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted it to open its jaw and get fucking violent, like, bloody, crazy, graphic, uh, you know, with the tone of movie that it was. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it kind of stays in lockstep with its tone more than tries to go for the bloody. But that doesn't mean that there isn't some fun parts in it. A lot of the rage-induced scenes are pretty funny. Some of the makeup effects in it kind of look like a mix between demons like early demons before they get transformed into full-on demon Mm -hmm. just before is their final transformation so it's like this they're not completely blue (laughs) you know they look just like like they're infected with like black veins all over their face and stuff like that red eyes and shit like that Mm -hmm. um I don't know. It was funny, though. I really enjoyed some of the story. They borrow some of the tropes in there. You know, the, like, nerdy guy becomes, like, Spider-Man, and he can, like, stick up for himself and other girls in the movie, and that kind of turns sour, and I don't know. It, it I, I think it's a fun movie to watch. I'm not trying to put it down. I just mm-hmm. wanted so much more from this one. Makes sense. You know, because I was like, oh, fuck yeah, now rip his head off. They do have some decapitations and things in the movie, but that's about as bloody as it really gets, you know? It's not that practical effects heavy. But it is a so bad it's good film that you can watch very easily as long as you're not expecting as much gore. So I would probably give this movie... About a six out of ten, maybe a five point five, but about a six is about appropriate. Oh, so we're like the same. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would like to own it. I think it's a good movie. I would still own this even if it was a five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I still liked it. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 just flow of the movie is pretty decent by itself. There's a couple of slow moments, but for the most part, it's yeah, it's it's a silly movie. The bullies in the film really kind of amp this movie up into the S big category, like heavy, because they are so animated in this movie. And they just add some weirdness to this movie that just is like way over overtly jockey, you know, like it's so bad. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Six out of 10. You said six out of 10. I think that's appropriate. I think some people are going to like this a lot less, maybe because they're a little heavier. They want more gore. But I think overall, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah. You can actually pick it up on Vinegar Syndrome on 4K, by the way. Um, I'd highly recommend if you're going to get that, I would definitely buy Don't Panic because this feels like that kind of movie in a way. But it goes so much. It's it's so much better, in my opinion. I think I gave that movie like a 7 or a 7.5 or something. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, there isn't a whole lot of trivia on this one, but. You know, we did find I did find a couple of things that we could talk about. And I sprinkled a little bit in when we were talking about each of the characters because I figured it might be interesting to know. But if you don't want anything spoiled, you can pick this up on Shutter and watch it now or you can go to Vinegar Syndrome. I'll put links down below. So if you want to check it out, definitely do. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So this was released about a year before Nightmare Beach, which was also filmed in Florida, and it featured two actors from this film and also has a few features of the same songs on the soundtrack that Umberto Lindsay was involved with. Mm-hmm. So obviously, since he worked on both of them, oh, you know, there's going to be things in it that, you know, I did get the name of a couple of songs in this and... uh We'll get into that when we get into our extra, like, like the scenes or whatever, because I put it in here. Oh, okay. But um, they have a pretty big uh, 80s song in here. It's not like a famous song, 
but it definitely has the power of that 80s kind of vibe mm-hmm. and it's like uh i'll just tell you fuck it it's it's called um say the word say the word and i'll be there <laughs> so good. The, fa- the facade band is what they were called. The facade band. Yeah. Oh. There's two different versions online. Someone did a higher quality version, but I don't think that English is their first language. So they, they called it Say the World. Oh. And everybody's like, uh, I think she means Say the Word. Oh. Because her following lyric is, and I'll be there. Right. And so I had to go on there and be like, hey, you know great quality you know this is a great quality song that you mastered uh by the way it is say the word because she says and follows it up with i'll I'll be be there there. and i was like it's an american saying saying that you just say the word and i'll be there lickety split you know like i'll be (laughs) i didn't say lickety split but i'll be there with the quickness is what i said Like I'm talking to somebody that's, you know, never. I mean, it's obvious like that's possible, you know. Right, yeah. Um, The other song that they had in there was uh, I Want to Be a Marine. Oh, yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Which they mix in like it's kind of forward musical. Like like Mm -hmm. they do like 80s style. And I walked away, try to get away, trying to walk the streets on the night of the day. Hey. You know, like that kind of rap style, uh-huh. like which was like the earliest. Uh-huh. And uh, they mix it in with, apparently the guy that did the rapping was Scorpio. Mm-hmm. But the band that did it, and they, they kind of have like this, like almost like early 90s sound before rap rock was around. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like these guys could have been the like the precursor to it in a way yeah. almost but you know yeah. we had we had other things in the 80s that mixed like rap and right. rock and this is late 80s too, yeah so. so uh but the band was called mondo boffo with scorpio <laughs> <laughs> there's your california accent yeah mondo boffo with scorpio <laughs> hang 10 bro <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Those are the music that was in it. Did you see that they had a stuffed Alf doll in the background? No, I didn't. Yeah, there was an Alf doll in there. The character Duffy also mentioned the Al Pacino movie called And Justice for All. He did that line when he's talking to Debbie Duffy when they're at the pool and he's like in pain. Right. Um, Darth Vader is one of the party goers at the... Mm-hmm. at the, the scene yeah party. these mm-hmm. that is like highly risky to be putting that kind of shit in your fucking movie yeah. by the way get sued there are so many movies that tried to do that kind of stuff and they had to re-edit their film because fucking right they were like nah you There's can't take no toy. star wars shit it's like a starfighter toy yeah well it was that movie the first encounter or something the one about the kid that had like the closet where the doll came to life and right. then took him to that other world or whatever mm-hmm. that movie i think had problems because they had star wars fucking bed sheets oh it's crazy i don't know i could be wrong on that but i maybe someone can correct me or fill me in on that but i'm pretty sure they're pretty strict about that back then also there was three frat boys in the movie that we talk about they were the probably the like comedic relief it's weird because it's not really funny what they're doing (laughs) oh those were the jerks yeah they're like the 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 the, misogynist they're the frat boys yeah yeah the misogynistic like always good you know trying to get the girls and shit right they had all the the horror posters in their place well yeah because they had boris karloff as frankenstein's monster um 
somewhere else, I think they were like a kitchen or something, and there was like avoid the Noid on the wall. Did you see that one? Mm-mm. Remember the Noid from Domino's? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what that was. Yeah. I, it looked familiar. There was just like, it's almost like this this movie was like, okay, we need some like background dressings. Why don't you just go down to Spencer's? Well, you know what? Didn't they film this at a college campus? They probably just... They did, but I'm just saying, I feel like they, in order to dress up the scenes and stuff like that, they decided they to go... to the mall. They went to the mall. They bought every poster that was out. Mm-hmm. And I think there's even a Where's the Beef or something like that, because I watched mm-hmm. some of the um, uh, the Red Letter Media's like, thing about it, and they were pointing out some stuff in there, including like the Bartles and James cardboard cutout on the wall, which I remember from their from their... When they were talking about it, I was like, oh, my God, Bartles and James. I don't know. What is that? The wine coolers that they used to have, that the four packs that they used to do. When we were kids, Bartles and James had wine coolers. They were like, okay. they were like seltzer alcohol okay. back in the day, except they were bubbly wine. Okay. I don't know. I was it, a kid. I wasn't drinking alcohol. Yeah, but that's what this is. The seltzer, okay. the seltzer drinks now are just another iteration of the right. same fucking thing. Everything gets recycled and regurgitated. Be- because the wine... <laughs> Regurgitated. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, do you, so, so the wine I remember was like malt beverage or something like that. They called it wine because it was fruity. Right. But really it was like, it had this wine taste to it. I remember my brother drank them when I was a kid. You drank them. I've had them. Yes. I remember. <laughs> I remember they were still You're around. Child. They were still around when I was in my twenties. Oh, okay. And I remember I went to a party and one of the guys was like, can I get, can you give me a four pack of Bartles and James? And I was like, <laughs> I thought he was joking, right? You know, uh-huh. because like nobody drank Bartles and James except like your mom. Old people. Yeah, exactly. Like, middle aged, middle aged people. But this guy didn't really drink very much, so I I didn't want to be a dick. Like right. I, I I thought he was joking. I was like, you joking? Like, or, uh-huh. he's like, no, 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 no. I I have a high to- I have a low tolerance to alcohol, uh-huh. so I can't drink anything too heavy. Sure enough, he drank two and was out. Uh huh. <laughs> and that night, I remember. I was sitting on the couch watching a movie. I can't remember what the movie was, but the guy next to me ate two bowls of popcorn drunk as fuck. Oh, my God. And then threw up (laughs) on a pillow in front of him. Ew. And it just made this, like, oatmeal patty that covered the pillow. gross. And I was like, and while he was puking, I remember saying, yo, fuck, hey, hey, you're getting oatmeal everywhere. (laughs) Horrible. Uh, <laughs> dude, I just remember it like my friend Scott was like, "You sure you want another bag?" Oh, it was Scott. That's what it was. It was oh, they were both Scott. Mm-hmm. That's right. That was a wild night. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> the trivia. Oh, you were talking about the stuff in the Bartles background. and James. Yeah. Okay. So, so Bartles and James. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's all I got to say about <laughs> Bartles and James right now. If you want to read about the history, they still sell it in certain oh certain spots. And in fact, I did search this because we were going to do Bartles and James. We were going to try to find a, a Yeah, and I am not running around. Because they do drink wine coolers, I think, in this movie. And anyway, I was going to we were going to drink wine coolers for the whole episode. And all they have now is Seagram's, right. which does a version of like wine cooler. In fact, every time I look up wine cooler, the only thing I find is a rack that cools wine. Right. Because nobody uses wine cooler everything terminology. Everything is seltzer now. Right. Everything's seltzer. So crazy. It's white claw. Everything. 
Every single brand. Bud Light. Everyone makes a seltzer. Yeah, that's the funny thing to me is that everybody got upset about Bud Light and they've been doing the fucking seltzer shit for like ever. Right. How dare you make something that makes me not look like a man. <laughs> I don't know. That's so weird to me. Like, if you need a drink to feel like a man, like, I don't know. You know, I don't know, man, man. That's pretty. <laughs> it's like, do I just stand next to an axe? Is that how I feel like a man? Like, or anyway, I'll stop. So we do have some scenes. <laughs> do we? <laughs> yeah, there's some funny scenes of this. Honestly. <clears throat> when the f- Okay, there was a scene in the beginning when the female roommates, like, uh, met up. Because I guess uh, uh, one of the female roommates had been gone for a while. And she, she was like, were you sick? What was going on? And she was like, no, I had an abortion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's I was right. like, holy shit. She's like, I appreciate you being so open about yeah, that. And I was like, like what Does that fuck? make you uncomfortable? And she, and then she was like, no, I just, I'm not used to people being so open about this. She's things. like, well, I got my punch card here and I'll get a free sandwich next week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there was a scene where the because like his this guy, the main guy, Sam Nash, uh, he is keeps bumping into Lauren, who had the abortion. <laughs> and uh, she he has a buddy named Duffy, who is a journalist, and he's like the like hard hitting journalist that'll do anything for a fucking scoop. I'm going to break into a lab and take yeah. some pictures of some baboons. Yeah, he's like, we need to break into the lab. And he's like, are you crazy? I'm you not can't doing do that. that. Duffy it's, will do it. Yeah, so Duffy goes one night by himself to break in to the lab and the monkey bites him and gets out and gets hit by a car, which was <laughs> pretty funny because like you see it throw its arms up and it's all, ah! And the cop's like, Step on the gas. Yeah. It fucking rolls up on the hood and its beak breaks. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> the uh, Rumbaldi, the father, did the effects on that creature, oh. by the way. So his father actually. It's pretty realistic. I mean, you could tell it was fake, but. I thought it was a pretty decent job. I mean, he did it on the cheap. So, I right. mean, you got to remember this movie. And you want it to not look realistic if it's an animal. Well, I don't know how much money this movie had. It seems like it had a lot because the amount of masks that they had in that party scene were insane. Mm -hmm. Those were not, those are one-off masks. Mm -hmm. They had masks that were like opening up and like multi-layered. There was like all kinds of crazy masks in this that they do. But anyway, uh, when they hit that monkey, that's when I was like, okay. All right, I think this is... So it begins. Yeah, and so it begins. I think this is going to be better than the last movie we just watched. Yeah, it definitely has a better pace than that last movie, oh, yeah. for sure. But Duffy um, ends up getting uh, infected. Yeah, he get, he gets he also gets caught, and the, the doctor who found him doesn't tell the police because he wants to try to handle it on his own mm-hmm. because he's afraid that if the virus gets out, then he'll get in trouble for it. So <laughs> that's the thing about this movie that I thought was really funny is that all the college kids just go along with what the doctor says instead of reporting it to the police. Yeah. And it's like the biggest misstep that they have because everyone they know dies because of it and if they would have just told the police that maybe they could have fucking handled this shit right but they wanted to cure uh you know try to cure their friends and the doctor was kind of like hanging over their heads mm-hmm. there was some funny lines in this though they go to the this nightclub to dance and go on a date like a double date because like um uh, sam nash and lauren or is it lauren yeah, Sam Nash and Lauren's uh, roommate 
Debbie go out with Duffy. And this is already after Duffy's gotten bit in the arm and he's already having some problems. But it's like it kind of changes him and like he's sitting at the table trying to be all cool talking to Debbie. And she's like clearly out of his league in a way, but he's like talking to her and she kind of like finds him charming for some reason. And he tells her this story about like, you know, slipping out from like getting beat up from the jocks and instead of getting beat up by them that he found a way down the fire escape. And she's like, wow, that's really smart. I would have never thought of that. And he's like, yeah, well, journalism is a lot like eating a lot when you don't have a colon. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you never know how it's going to come out. (laughs) And then they just kind of look at each other. And that's when the scene goes to the bully coming up and like trying to like fuck with them or whatever. When they go to the guys, the guys go to the bathroom, by the way, which is so the opposite trope of the females. Well, it's because he Sam wasn't feeling good. Because uh, he was infected. He's like, you want to go to the bathroom, man? He's like, sure, man, I'll go. And they go pee together. And there's like this joke about peeing on each other in there. And then when they come back, the bully's like hitting on Lauren mm-hmm. and then talking shit to Debbie. Mm-hmm. And Duffy's like not having it. He's like, I think you should listen to what she says and starts twisting his arm. And I thought he was going to break it. I th- was hoping if he would have broke it right there. I would have been that would have like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that's that's when he started to roid rage. Right. Yeah. He was like getting all Peter Parkered up, you know, mm-hmm. where he's like with great yeah. power comes great responsibility. But he doesn't give a shit about his responsibility because he has a bamboo virus. <laughs> he's got a bamboo virus. <laughs> bamboo. Baboon by fire. Angry monkey. <laughs> See that. Uh, but that's when you hear the song like, I want to be a Marine. I want to be a Marine. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's that rap track too. <laughs> but that's like the chorus right there. Then they, they kind of cut to Duffy and his arms like pussing. So he's like sitting. Was it the hospital? Yeah, room? he goes to the hospital. And but that's not till later because he goes to the pool with the girl first and they like kiss. But it's important because oh, yeah, she gets bit. She doesn't get bit. Or she gets a hickey. She gets a hickey and she gets she he kisses her and then passes the infection on to her. Right. Sorry. Yeah, that is important. Yeah. So but there's this whole scene about them like and he gets real rough with her because the, the baboons coming out of him. The roid rage. Yeah. The, the baboon it's, rage. It's a pussin. Yeah, his ass starts to look chapped and like flaking. <laughs> when he's in the waiting room, yeah, at the hospital, that's when the Roy rage happens. And is that was that when you got like you were happy? Yeah. Well, I thought it'd be a little bit more rough. He's like running around, like knocking shit over, and he even was like "fuck you," and he was like, "Well, first he, he says was, like punching the staff and he's shit." Like, and he had, and then he he's like, "How bat. long do I have to fucking wait anyway in here?" And everybody's like, "Whoa, calm well, down, calm buddy. down, Karen." Oh, Jesus, Kevin. It's like, uh, at one point, he had like a bat for a split second. I was like, "Fuck, he has a bat." Yeah. But then, like, he runs outside, and his face yeah. pops. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, and he falls down on the ground. And then, and then his eye busts open. Did his that's eye? What, that's yeah. what I said. His vein on the side of his face pops. Yeah. Like something like a, a vessel pops on the side of his face. And I thought he was dead. I didn't know what mm-hmm. happened. And that's when Sam shows up and he's like, doesn't know it's Sam, doesn't know it's Duffy. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to Duffy's house to wait for him to wait for him. And Duffy's out fucking like ripping signs out of the fucking ground like a fucking baboon. <laughs> <laughs> And chucking him at fucking cars and shit like that. Doesn't he get in a fight with oh, a police officer? Yeah, because the cops show up when uh, when Sam's there 
and then yeah, the cops showed up when Duffy showed up, and then yeah, he bashes the head of the cop <laughs> like. It's See, but that's what I'm saying. Thing. It's like it's not as heavy as it should be. Like I thought he was gonna literally rip his arms off. Yeah. Like that's what I wanted to see in Roid Rage. Well, you know, they like probably could afford it. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right because they spent so much money on all those fucking masks. But I would have rather had. <laughs> I would have rather seen them do stuff like, like that. Corey- yeah, then the, all the kills that they did in the goddamn party scene, which was kind of unique and fun that mm-hmm. they were killing everybody in the middle of the scene. Mm-hmm. The jocks guys or whatever. Right. Well, now we know that she's sick because she's getting like a flu. Like she's all like cold and hot and like her face is all white. Are you talking so, about Debbie? Yeah, Debbie. So Debbie's getting sick and her roommate leaves to go to the library. And she goes for a walk. Yeah. It's so- Not her roommate. Debbie does. Then Debbie goes to walk. The roommate goes to the library because she was trying to get Debbie to go with her to the library. Right. She said no. So she was laying there. And then, yeah, she got up to go for a walk. And that's when the three three gross, disgusting guys, they just like grab her and shove her in the fucking car. In the car, they're like, yeah, she'll do. I'm feeling <laughs> yeah, bad. Exactly. And he's like, I'm feeling bad. And they throw her in the back of the car, drink a beer, drink a beer. They're like pouring beer down her throat. Right, like trying to get her drunk intentionally. Yeah. And then they go back to their rape lair, which is fucking crazy, all dude. three of them. And yeah. Like- they, shove her on the bed. One's got like a pantyhose mask. One's got like a gimp mask. They have this light in the room where it's like a fucking strobe light yeah. going on. And it's like meant to confuse the girl. And the, it's like they've been doing this. They all high five, first of all. They're like, yeah. Uh, he's like, I get to go first. <laughs> And the other guy's like, no, I, what Gross. makes you think you can go first? And he's like, wait, maybe we can all fill a hole. You know, we all get a turn and oh do it God. at the same time. And they're like, yeah, high five. Like it's a 90s fucking high C commercial, like, <laughs> or a surge commercial, like, surge. <laughs> but thank God, this is when her roared rage kicks in. Right. Yeah. Oh thank my God. God. I know. I was like, dude, this is not going to be like gutter balls, is it? Yeah. Is it oh, good? yeah. I was getting scared there for a minute, but. <laughs> But she gets up and then she starts throwing them around, but somehow she bites like two or three of them. Yeah, she gets knocked out, and when she 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 got knocked out, and then he grabbed her, and that's when she bit him. Right. Yeah. They so, all get bit. Yeah. So they all get infected. They're, so now all these fucking asshole frat guys are. Getting but do you infected. see what I mean? It's like they should have gone further in them. I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It was fine because that the That scene was fine. I'm making a joke, Christina. Yeah, but I'm just saying because I don't like scenes like that. Neither do I. But what I was trying to say is that it's another example of them pulling back when they could have gone further. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying that it was a this was a good choice, finally. Right. But the other times they should have gone buck wild with slamming the cop's head and like if they would have smashed the cop's head into a bloody pulp, Mm -hmm. that would have made this movie so much better. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm almost like uh, it's like my score's going lower now that I remember each of these scenes. Well, but it is fun. It's so fun, especially when we get to the Halloween party. Oh yeah, well we can talk about it. I mean, they the the fucking the jock dudes at some point in time. You know, other people have died and shit, and they've talked to the doctor and stuff like that. And they all go to the fucking dance, and like these jock guys dress up like skeletons. Like, you know, the, like, typical skeleton outfit that they wear, like, in Donnie Darko that he wore. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the jumpsuit. Yeah. And then they got black capes on, and they got 
these skeleton masks on with blinking red eyes. It's cool. And they all go on a night on the town. There's this one scene before they go to the party. The guy's like, what are you? Where'd you get your costumes, Goodwill? And they're like, you're fucking dead. And then he rips the door off of the car and throws it down. I'm like, that's all they're going to do? They beat on it a couple of times. They let the guy run away. And then they get back in their car and drive to the party. Yep. But at the party... They're like all infected and shit. And there was like this moment before they also went to the car before they got dressed up. He's like, you're not bailing out. We're going to go out. We're going to get fucked up. (laughs) And they were like, he's like, check out my fucking disease, dude. (laughs) He's like, look what I got. He's like, he's like, like, it looks like mine. (laughs) And he points to his leg and the other guy's got it all over his chest. And I'm like, you might want to go to the doctor. Like, Jesus. But they're getting so amped up because they've got so much testosterone in them. Mm-hmm. They've got enough baboon in their blood already. So <laughs> I love the scene where he like they hang the dude that has the noose around his neck. Oh, yeah. I don't know how they hung him because there's literally oh, nothing above of him. That was kind of weird, though. I was like, ooh. But they do it while this song is happy ass song is. I'll be there. Just say the word and, and have, I'll be there. And they have that montage for like 10 minutes. Dude. And it shows so many masks. And costumes and stuff. Like, they literally, whoever did the designs in this, it must be, it must have been Rumbaldi's, like, shitty side stuff that he did mm-hmm. that he had just laid around or just made, like, designs of really quick. And then, like, because he had ones that, like, literally the face would open up and another face would come out. Oh, yeah, they showed that one a few times. There was, like, another person that gets killed with, like, a baby face, like, three baby heads around one head, Mm -hmm. and there's faucets for noses. Mm -hmm. That was weird. And then one of the guys, one of the jock guys crushes their head, and they fucking, like, blood comes out of one of the nose spouts. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? Like, how did the blood come out of the nose spout? That, (laughs) That mask was not on there that tight, you know what I mean? Right. One of the bullies guys kills the fucking Debbie girl. Yeah. Who comes in and accidentally tries to save, doesn't save her, but like one of the bully guys is going to kill um, uh, Lauren and then Debbie pops in all angry mm-hmm. and then they fight each other and then he tears open her chest and you can see like her boob and stuff later oh, on. Oh, that's right. Where he like ate out her body or something like that out of a Gross. fit of baboon rage. And then she comes back and sees that her body's all torn up. She's like, Debbie, no. Didn't they try to save her at one point in time? Because the doctor was like, I'm going to save you. And he's like, I need time alone with her. And I was like, that seems weird. He like injected her? Didn't he give her an injection? And it didn't work. Oh, okay. And so he's like, I remember what he said. He goes, now, Debbie, we're going to, it looks like you're not going to heal. And it looks like the regeneration is not going to work. So... Um, because you have, you're not uh, capable of being able to speak for yourself. I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and tell you, you're going to have to be a test subject. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make the decision for you since you can't make one for yourself. I'm like, okay. Ew, this is rapey as fuck. Yeah. Like, well, you know, she's a woman. so <laughs> She's Jesus. one half of a man <laughs> worth of a man, you know, <laughs> anyway, um, how did this movie end? Like, how did we finale? Oh, um, I, I remember Sam decapitated uh, the one guy with an axe. That oh, was, that was pretty cool. I know what it is. I, for, I forgot here. They they kill off each of the skeletons individually throughout the mm-hmm. crowd. Mm-hmm. She like uh, 
Sam stabs one in the head with a mic stand, I think. Mm-hmm. There was that. And then another gets crushed in an, uh, the bleachers. Right. His head gets stuck between the poles as it's closing. Right. So they're all dead. And then. So that was the third, the second Skelly. And then you have where you said where he's attacking Lauren and, and then Sam comes in and chops off his head. And they think everything's over and hunky dory, but they never found the body of fucking the doctor. So I knew something was going to happen. So they go back to their house. She's like leaving the dorm. She's packing all her shit up and he's helping her. And he's like, I'm going to go pack the car. I'll be right back. And then she's like putting a bag together. And all of a sudden an arm comes out of nowhere and it's the doctor. (laughs) And then Sam flings him over the balcony and then he lands. The doctor lands on a sprinkler. Yeah. Like jaw first on a sprinkler. Yeah. So then they have the shot of the water, the the water coming out the doctor's mouth, (laughs) which looked painful. It looked like the shot that they took when he had it on his face. Mm-hmm. Really painful. Oh, well, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I don't know if they, like, fucked him up really bad. Bo was like, what the fuck? What are you guys doing here, you know? <laughs> but he was like, I got to stay still. Get the shot. Get the, like, shot. Yeah, get the shot, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, he throws him over the balcony and voila. And voila. 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 The yeah, this movie's a voila. Because uh, that's the kind of movie it is. Like I said, fun to be had. It was fun. Not perfect. There is a string of fucking deaths that happen in it. Nothing amazing in the gore department, but definitely enough fun to have fun. And uh, definitely think it's worth a watch. I think six is still a good score with everything said and done. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really supersede that. And uh, yeah, it could be lower for other people because they really want that gore, though. Mm-hmm. But I think the kills are pretty cool. So for the most part. But yeah. Next week, we're going to be doing something fun. It's another trying to do some weird movie, more weird movies. You know what I mean? Because that's that's what's fun to talk about. You know, uh, we got one from 2015 and one from 1980. And they are The Sand from 2015 and Blood Beach from 1980. Just in time for summer. Yes. Summer's coming. The beach is going to get hot and bloody. <laughs> but yes so both of these movies you can find online in fact uh we got the the sand you can watch on tubi you can watch on Screenbox. you can watch on freebie which pretty much anywhere i think you can even find the freebie movies on amazon now so mm-hmm. um that one, The Sand 2015. Then you can also watch Blood Beach from 1980 on YouTube. The entire movie is up. So you can watch that whole thing. I think it's even legitimately up there, so don't feel bad if you do. Um, but you can watch it there. These uh, are both movies about the sand eating people oh. in various ways. So that should be fun. I think you should definitely tune in for that one. Um, I've been meaning to see the Blood Beach movie since I was a kid. I think I did see it once when I was a kid, but I remember my dad having the the VHS cover, and it's just a woman with her arms up, right? And, and like, yeah, and I just <laughs> loved that cover when I was a kid. But I think I, was, I don't know why I didn't watch it. So, or I did or didn't. I don't know. I'll have to see it to to know for sure. But yeah. So you down for that, Christina? Yes. You are excited for that. Excited. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming by this week. Let me know what you think about the Killing Birds movie as well as the other movie and see if you enjoyed either of them. Primal Rage seems like it might be a bigger one over the other, but you know, maybe people like Killing Birds too. 
would love to hear what you think in the comment section down below. We'll see you next week for a brand new episode. And as always, long live the boy. Thank you.